Welcome to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not all. Make a $50 or more first-time deposit and you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our great web content at allchgo.com. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Jump on that deal. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Happy Friday. Hope you're looking forward to a great weekend. I know I am. I know these two fellas are just because, you know, we know each other. We're friends. We know we know, we know how each other <laughs> thinks now. It, it hasn't taken long, but we've got to figure yeah, it exactly. out. So We joked about it. We got some breaking news to start the podcast here. As we always do, go for Dave, it. David Gust has signed with the Rockford Ice Hawks, one-year AHL deal. Someone I know. <laughs> somebody I know. A couple weeks ago, I think, maybe had that first. Yeah, maybe. Can, can you let me know who that was who so was I can follow that? him? He sounds like an insider. <laughs> yeah. I like my insiders. Way to go, Mario. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Make sure it. you yeah. retweet that with the eyeballs and the uh, sirens and everyone, uh, everyone can see how, how quickly you had it. I should have. <laughs> yes, breaking the AHL free agency signings. That's that's my gig. Hey, that's man, someone's got to do it. <laughs> you know, it's weird. Hey, I, put, I put that out after talking to, to, to two people that were like, yeah, that's, that's, that's going to happen. And then it didn't happen for like a week and a half, and I'm like, mm, it's kind of a weird thing to have hanging out there. But uh, yeah, there you go. Ice Hogs get a former uh, Chicago Wolf crossing uh, crossing the, the was it I ninety yeah crossing I ninety and uh, Calder Cup champion. So yeah. just, I, I know I, that's why I know that's why everyone's tuning in today. No, I mean, but it's it is as we talk about the the direction of the team, which we're going to get to today. It's the the rock rockford matters and they want that team to win and be competitive and put those players that are down there that are part of the future uh they want them competing and playing mm-hmm. games that matter and and bringing guys in like gus and some of the other guys they brought in earlier in the culture. off season they put them in that position so it's a good thing it, make, it makes all yeah. the sense in the world that no, it, that's a sneaky good sneaky good pickup by the ice hogs that's a good veteran ahl guy um Oak or sorry, Orland Park native David yeah. Gust. So okay. uh, staying guy. in his home state, uh, had 16 goals for the Wolves last year in a championship season. And the uh, the AHL released their full schedule yesterday too. Uh, lots of fun stuff on there. Uh, David Gust will be uh, in the arena when they um, when the uh, sorry the Wolves raise their Calder Cup banner because they will be doing that. Oh, I'm sorry, no, they're doing that against Milwaukee. Uh, Ice Hogs home opener is against the ah, Wolves. Ice Hogs so there you home go. opener. We might so, have to uh, show up at that Gus's one. Gus's first game in Rockford as an Ice Hog will be against his old team, even though there's really nobody left from that team. <laughs> <laughs> They're all gone in, in the Wolves. But they'll, they'll figure out a way to somehow sign a bunch of veterans and get right back to the Calder Cup final. It's kind of what they do. Cool stuff for the uh, Ice Hogs. There's a lot of teams I've never been to Rockford coming for the first time this year like the Colorado Eagles. They're actually playing the Springfield Thunderbirds and Chicago Wolves on back-to-back nights in Rockford. So they're the only team this year to be playing both the Eastern Conference and Western Conference champions in the same season this year, and they're doing it on back-to-back nights. That's kind of cool. That's fun. I appreciate the variety in the AHL schedule. Yes, it's about time. You can only play uh, Grand Rapids and Milwaukee and Iowa 35 times a year uh, before it gets stale. So. That's how you build rivalries, yeah. remember? Little, a little, more, uh, <laughs> little more variety. They got some Canadian teams coming, Toronto, Belleville, and um, Laval coming. So, uh, as I said, Colorado. Maybe we see Kirby Doc. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> or maybe Alex Dabrinkit is demoted because he's terrible. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's likely. What a story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it and, was uh, all Kane. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Hart- Hartford Wolfpack are coming. First time ever, they're coming to. Uh, uh, yeah, so is that your Wolfpack shirt? There you go. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Perfect. There, it is. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Just to celebrate. Jay rocking the NWO black and red today, so he's a big Hartford Wolfpack guy. Yep, that's me. There you go. 
Well, we got some we got some hockey stuff, some Blackhawk stuff to get to as well. Uh, second half of the show, we're going to kind of go over the roster. Mario had a piece come out today at allchgo.com. It was for, a little delayed, but for, for good reasons. They keep breaking news, so we keep <laughs> delaying things, sort of projecting the roster. So we're going to look ahead to the 2022-23 Blackhawks and discuss the players that actually matter to the future of the team. But first, a little bit of news from yesterday. Chris Chelios, you may have heard of him, former Blackhawk. Uh, the best number seven in Chicago sports history. Take that, Tony Ooh, Kukoc. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was on with Molly and Haw on 670 The Score talking about Eddie Olchek's departure and his future potentially in the booth and, and was flat out asked, is this something you would want to do if the Hawks asked you to be their broadcaster to replace Eddie Olchek, would you do it? And Chelios basically said, if they came calling and asked me to do it, I would do it. He's like, I moved here for a reason. I want to be a Blackhawk for the rest of my career. Um, so if, if they wanted that for me, then I then I would be I'd be happy to do it. So, you know, there wasn't much of a follow up there um, in terms of like what that would mean for his ESPN contract or could he do both or does he want to do all eighty two? Right. But he did at least express an initial interest in taking the job. And I think, look, no one's going to get in that seat and be Eddie Olchek. It's just not going to happen. Like, there's no one who is as good at what they do uh, in that role as Eddie Olchek is. He is the best in the business, which is why we're all pissed that it happened. Um, but I think Chelios fills the credibility gap a little bit. That's a guy who is known to not hold back on things, and he does not have a filter, which we're going to get to here in a second. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think that's a step. And Kaylee's right there, you know, which is, which is nice for him and nice for her. Um, I... I guess if, if it, I guess what I'm saying is if it ended up being Chris Chelios, I'd probably say, okay, that makes mm -hmm. sense. That's someone with some experience who has credibility with the fans, and that matters. Yeah. You know, you bring up his ESPN deal. I, I mean, don't know the specifics, but I would imagine that that's a pretty lengthy and lucrative deal with ESPN because they, they put a lot of chips in the basket of having Messier and Chelios be, um, be, and analysts and personalities for the the launch of their you know the the relaunch of their NHL coverage. So, I think uh, yeah, that, I think that would be that'd be tough for him to uh, you know I don't know if the Blackhawks would need to match it or whatever. Um, but on the flip side, you know he lives in you know he lives in in in, in Chicago and he's you know he said that he he came back to to be with the team for the rest of his life he's a team ambassador you know he, any chance that you uh, that that he can get to promote the blackhawks he will um maybe it makes more sense to not have to go to bristol and 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 back and and travel uh as much um to do the national gig uh he'd be able to you know be more localized uh, that that could be you know intriguing as well yeah, I, I think if you replace Eddie Olchek with Chris Chelios, as far as name goes, it's that's pretty good. Um, as far as fan reception go, obviously people are still uh, a little split on uh, on Chelios's Blackhawks uh, legacy and connections. Um, and as far as you know, the job that that Chelios has done as a studio analyst with ESPN, um, I think he's done a fine job. I, I don't know if he'd be able to bring the same level of insight and uh you know abilities behind the mic as a color analyst within a game as Eddie Olchek can most people cannot uh but I wonder how much that would be a difference and be a um maybe a learning curve uh yeah. for him in that role I think what made Eddie great too was his ability to and, you know, the fans don't get to see this, but his, his ability to communicate with the people in the truck, tell them what they want, tell them what he wants, say, yeah. I need this highlight here, rewind here, start here, end here, focus on this player. That takes um, a certain personality to be that aggressive with a, with a production crew, and it also takes a ton of work. And I'm not saying that Chris Chelios doesn't have that work ethic, but I don't know if like Eddie clearly, I know he wants to get back in the front office and that's the end end game for him, but he took this as his career. Like he did not just show up and roll out the headsets and do a game. Right. And there's a lot of former players that do that and can do that just because they know so much. Eddie was a different beast. Eddie was again, talking to producers, calling up tape, all those sort of things. I don't know if, if Chelios has that personality, but again, 
maybe he's not going to be the breaking down film kind of guy and just say, hey, this is he'll just tell you what's happening or talk about the, the ebbs and flows of the game. And I think when you talk about the contract situation, Mario, I think if they were able to work it out with Eddie for all these years, they can probably find a way to work it out with Chelio. So it's a little different, though, because you had NBC and NBC Sportsnet. So it's the same family and the Turner is yeah. different, but that was one year. So it's something that would probably need working out, but I don't know if it would necessarily eliminate him from doing the ESPN job. He could just both. Yeah. yeah, probably do both. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I mean, bringing in Chelios would be instant credibility with the fans. It's a it's a known commodity. It's a guy they know. It's a guy that most fans still love. I know there's still that small segment of the fan base that can't forgive him for being a ret ring, my friend, but you know, it, it is what it is. Time heals all wounds. Um, I don't know how good he'd be at it. I haven't. Has he ever done in-booth analysis? I don't know. I know he's been mostly in studio. So. Not that so I can So it's a different recall. beast. It's a different beast to sit there and watch a period and pick out things you want to talk about and then have the stats given to you as opposed to being able to do that on the fly. So I don't know how good he'd be at that job. I'm sure he would do it. You know, he'd grow into it just like everybody else. Uh, and, and when you're talking about the ESPN deal, like, I, I don't know how often was he there. Was he just for, like, their weekly national game, essentially? So maybe one game a week. Obviously, he was there for the playoffs. That won't be a conflict with the Blackhawks anytime soon. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's not, not a, like not that's going to – yeah. So, I mean, he's got a good three or four years of being able to stick with the playoff coverage and not have a conflict here. So – I would hope he wouldn't say something like that without knowing that it could even be possible with his contract first. You would hope that he wouldn't be like, yeah, I'll take that. And then someone from ESPN's on his phone going, uh, yeah, you can't. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> you know, it'd be interesting to see. I think it'd be a fun move just to have him. I also think it'd be a really cool, fun story to have, you know, has there ever been a father-daughter broadcast team, you know, and on the same, you know, team? Has there ever been a broadcast duo of a father-daughter covering the same team? I seriously doubt well, that. That's I a would, fun. I would say probably not. Yeah, that's but a that fun story, cool. especially when it's a That'd guy really like cool. Chelios, who is a Chicago guy, a, a hometown hero. Um, you know, it'd be a fun story. One other guy that I would be I'd be calling just to see. It's another former Blackhawk, though most people don't ever remember. Don't really remember that. What about Brian Boucher? Man, he's yeah. good. I really enjoy him. And I know he's another guy with a national contract. Um, you know, so it might be the same type of situation as we had with Eddie, where yeah, you get him for sixty-five of the games, but he's got to go leave Wednesday nights to do this. But yeah. he's really good, and that, that's a guy that I think you can plug in right away, and you're not gonna. They're going to have the same nuances as Eddie, but as far as like quality, that's about as close as you're going to get. And, and a guy that could really, again, help Chris Vosters really blossom into a great hockey play-by-play. -play. That's more of what I want, selfishly. I don't really care about name recognition or you know, knowledge of Chicago as much as I want a guy that's going to make Chris Vosters a better play-by-play -play guy and let him become you know, a really good hockey guy just because he's so inexperienced with the game of hockey. I want a guy that's going to be able to make him better because that's going to make the entire broadcast better. I'm with you on that. And, and I think if, if the Blackhawks brass is once again, listening, uh, yes, it's great. You want to do so, make a PR move and bring in somebody who's known and loved in Chicago and a former Hawk legend and all that stuff. Just give the people a great broadcast and they're going to be happy with it. So if they think Chris Chelios is going to give them the best broadcast, cool. If it's Brian Boucher or somebody else, don't be afraid to make that move because it's going to if it's going to if you believe it's going to end up as the best possible broadcast you can have. That's what the priority should be. Not appeasing right. fans who are mad. As soon as you start winning again, they'll be back. Mm -hmm. No one stays mad forever. Uh, it's going to be fine. So make the best broadcast team you can make. And if that includes Chris Chelios or not, so be it. By the way. Uh, I looked up to see if Jackie Redmond and Mickey Redmond are related. They are not. Ah, so I was like, oh, is that the one? Nope. They have no relation <laughs> between Jackie and Mickey Redmond. So okay. so they could be the first. They could be the pioneers. I think we're going to see a lot more the, the, of that uh, I hope so. in the future. I hope yeah. so. I mean, you know, uh, f female voices in male sports is awesome. I love it. I'm a big fan. Like, you got to, you know, be. There's so much know, talent here, out I know, there. 
spoiler here comes the warning social justice warrior about to sound off here but no you need to appeal to everybody in your broadcast there's nothing wrong with having uh little girls watching a a male sport going hey that sounds like me i want to watch this now you know it's a it's an important thing um so i I, i'm all for more father daughter uh broadcast teams i think that's awesome yeah, that's definitely uh, whoever's qualified, right? Like that's that's the whole thing. Like yeah, if you're uh, good at your job, I don't care absolutely. who you are. Be good at your job. Entertain me, inform absolutely. me. That's what you're there for. Yeah, yeah. And we're here to entertain and inform you. So if you're enjoying it, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app. Do it right now and use that code CHGO when you sign up. You're gonna do that and get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars. And if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our great web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. Two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, a free t-shirt, all that for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. It's your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching, is your favorite team like the Cubs going to definitely blow a lead here? Uh, bet along with the game as it happens. Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. Download the PointsBet app right now and use that promo code CHGO. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And fans, your home for the best Chicago sports coverage is partnering with a leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. That's right. CHGO has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around. Whether it's the Bears, the Cubs, the White Sox, the Blackhawks, or Bulls, FOCO will have something for you, your kid, a friend, a loved one, your neighbor, your boss, your boss's neighbor. Whoever you want to get something for, FOCO has your stuff looking to get some new gear collectibles or accessories foco has officially licensed gear for men women and kids everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to crocs it's summertime you want to rock a pair of blackhawk sandals foco is your hookup they have you covered with the best chicago merchandise for all your favorite teams head on over to foco that's foco.com or when you're watching one of our great YouTube shows, you can click on the description right there in uh, on the link there. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. So not only are you going to get some awesome Chicago sports-related gear because you're a loyal CHGO listener, you're going to save 10% with CHGO at checkout. All right. Uh, so this was our topic we were going to do before the Hawks broke news again before our show yesterday with the Native American Initiative's uh, video statement from Danny Wirtz. Um, if you missed Thursday's show, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. We had a very reasonable, level-headed, um, normal conversation about the future of the Blackhawks logo. Um, lot, got a lot of positive feedback on that after the show, which we definitely appreciate. Um, so if you want to go here, not three guys yelling and screaming at each other and throwing hot takes back and forth, <laughs> having a, a, a reasoned conversation about it, go back and listen to yesterday's podcast. You can also go back and, and watch yesterday's podcast on YouTube for the uh, all-important visual element of <laughs> yes. us sub- submitting our, uh, our Blackhawks logos uh, reimagined. And uh, you, yes. can go to all, uh, or you can go to uh, chgo underscore Blackhawks on Twitter see all those designs vote on the best uh our our, our social media uh connoisseur casey just put all that stuff up there um and uh, no comment on on my design <laughs> we, we 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 prove that we uh need to stick to podcasting and uh give up the dream of being graphic yes. designers because it's the pen uh, down. pretty it's pretty uh pretty um bad <laughs> speak for yourselves all right let, 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 speak for yourselves so the topic- I'm going to put mine on my refrigerator next time I go upstairs. There you go. That you should. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. My, my <laughs> wife, uh, she came into, uh, into my office, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a closet. And um, she, she goes, what's this Blackhawks drawing that you have here? I'm just like, uh, yeah. And so I just explained everything. And yeah. Did you send her to the YouTube channel and just be like, just listen and click that like button? <laughs> I will. I will show her. I'll show her. I'll, I'll have her. Uh, 
her defunct uh, Twitter account. I'll have it reactivated so she can just vote for my uh, my design. There, there you go. go. <laughs> Perfect. Chicago, plan. you got to stack the bo- the ballot box. It's yeah. a tradition. Absolutely. Uh, I failed, as the uh, people hosting the show did, to get to the big bit of news from Chris Chelios uh, yesterday uh, in his interview with Molly and Haw. Said he was at the Blackhawks practice facility and saw Patrick Kane and basically said Patrick Kane doesn't know what he wants to do. He's really on the fence. He's really struggling with the decision. So I think any sort of reports that Patrick Kane is 100% on board with coming back for the rebuild, that's probably a little bit hopeful. Mm-hmm. It seems like a very fluid situation where he could just look at things and be like, you know what? No. Like camps a week away, two weeks away. I don't want to. I don't want to be part of this. Like I don't want to go through eighty-two games of getting our asses kicked and me having to do all the heavy lifting. Um, so Patrick Kane, according to Chris Chelios, and it was just kind of a throwaway line. Like, oh yeah, I saw, I saw Kaner, and man, he just doesn't know what to do. Like that was kind of the that was mm-hmm. kind of the tone of the comment, and that's that's not a guy who's a hundred percent ready to come back and ready to contribute and ready to have a happy face on when. The yeah. season begins. I think he's going to be a pro if he does decide to come back, but I don't think it's a sure thing right now. To me, it just I, seems like he's he's on board for now, and by saying that, I think you just kind of put it in there that like, hey, anything could change at any point, and until he says trade me from Chicago, he's on board technically. So I, I think that that's kind of the, the mindset. It doesn't seem. I don't think there's from what Chelio says, from what, you know, Kyle Davidson has said, I don't think there's any indication that Patrick Kane has said like, Hey, don't worry about it. I'm here. Let's, let's figure this out. Like it does not seem that way. No. And I think yeah, if that was, appears... if that was the case, Davidson would have said, he would have we've said, we've got buy-in from Patrick. Mm-hmm. He'll be mm-hmm. here to start the season. And we've not gotten that on him or Taves. No. Yeah. I, I get the feeling that Kane will be here opening night. Um, and then he won't be. At some point in the season, like, I think he's got one foot out the door saying, hey, you know, I don't want to uproot everything right now. Like, let's just get this stuff going, see how it goes. And then eventually, you know, I, 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 my hockey brain tells me he's here on opening night and then he's not here by the end of the season. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. how I feel. But one, if you want to do one thing that you can totally get him to like, be like, okay, now I'm excited to be here. Sign Phil Kessel. <laughs> yes. Do it. Do Sign it. Phil Kessel and Patrick Kane. Even though they Kane play the same position, but yeah, you can, you can still Doesn't matter. The joy of just being in the presence of Phil Kessel will make him want to show up to work every day. The smell of hot dog sweat at practice every day is going to be <laughs> just too much for Patrick hey, that's, Kane. To that's pass better. Up. That's way better than, ho- than normal hockey sweat. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, hot that's dog true. water or hockey sweat? What would you rather drink? That's, oh. There's our poll for a mailbag. Wasn't that Monday. a Limp Biscuit album? <laughs> so. Hot dog water and hockey sweat. Yeah, yeah. B sides. <laughs> yeah, I think that is. So yeah, it's something to keep an eye on. It, it does not seem one way. And I don't know if we were all sort of like, oh, good, he's back. You know, wash our hands of that. But mm-hmm. uh, for for Chelios to say again and just kind of a throwaway, like, oh yeah, I saw him and he doesn't know what to do. Um, it seems like something Kane is wrestling with. Where it could I think he I think he really truly does want to there's a desire to be a, a, a Chicago Blackhawk his entire career and set the records and, and be, you know do all that stuff I think he really does have a deep down desire to do that and I think he's probably wrestling that with do I do that at the expense of just getting my ass handed to me for the rest of my career potentially. I think that that's a, that's a tough decision because all these guys are wired to be, I want to be the best. I want to be at the top. I want to be winning Stanley cups. I don't think there's too many professionals that play as long and as successfully as Patrick Kane has to just be like content with anything. I think they have to have that drive to be competitive and to win. Um, If his drive is to, you know, play the most games, score the most points, whatever it is, he could just ultimately decide to stay, but if he wants to get another Stanley, another good chance at a Stanley Cup, it doesn't seem like it's going to be here at least in the next four or five plus years. 
Here's my advice for Patrick Kane. If he wants to go ahead and set all the records, which I think, you know, it's it he could do it in the right situation, staying healthy, all that stuff. My my advice would be, okay, Patrick, yeah, it's going to be brutal this year. But because it's going to be so brutal, can you imagine playing the next three seasons with Connor Bedard as your center? That's going to make you, give you the chance to set all those records a lot yeah more you know if that's what you want and I, and I agree with you Mar. i think that's a thing like he's got his three championships he's got his heart trophy he's got his consummate he's accomplished everything and more you could He'll possibly be a first want from hall him. of famer already no doubt yeah. you know he is on the mount rushmore of american-born hockey players and will be for a long long time he's a legend here in chicago so if he wants to say i want to cement that legacy by owning all the scoring records putting up with one awful season and then maybe being able to play with a talent like Connor Bedard on your line, that's going to be able to make those records all that more obtainable. So right mm -hmm. now, uh, Stan Makita, as everybody knows, is the franchise leader in points of all time, 1,467. Patrick Kane has 1,180 points. That's 287 points um, behind Stan Makita. So if I divide that by three, which would mean he'd have to sign a two-year extension after this, that would ha he'd have to be on pace for a 96-point season for the next three years. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Make but, I mean, especially this year years, coming. Four years, five years? Four years? If you could do four, you know, get him for a three-year deal after this, and that takes it down to, like, what, 70-something? 70 high 70s, I think. Yeah. That's, because that's that, far more obtainable, you know. Yeah, Somebody's got to put points up this year. I still think Patrick Kane... Even with what, and we're going to get into the roster here in a moment. Really good segue, by the way. Nice job, nice. Jay. Um, Beautifully done. I still think he's going to put up at least 70 points this year because somebody has to score on this team. And someone's got to um, set up other people to score. Right. Like So basically, he's going to be responsible for about 80% of the offense this season <laughs> just because there's no other options right now. Um. So we'll we'll get into the roster here in a second, but I, I don't think we're going to see it like, you know, he was in the 90, what do you have, 90 points this past season? 92. Uh, 90, 92. I, I, don't, there's, I don't think he's putting that up. I don't think it's going to drop to like 55 points. No. I still see him putting up somewhere between 75 and 80 points this season. Well, it's attainable. So, like, if he wants to do it, it's attainable. And I think that if he wants to stay in Chicago for four more years at a very reasonable contract, I don't know. Like, I don't think that really having one really good player on your team at the end of his career is not going to like totally stunt your your rebuild, right? No. Like, you, like you said, someone's got to score goals. Someone you got to have a veteran up there at some point. Mm -hmm. um, and when you think about Patrick Kane, like, okay, going and winning a cup with the Rangers, which just won't go away. But fine, we'll just for instance, the Rangers. Does that do much to advance his legacy, right? Like. He's already won his three. He's set. He's got an MVP. He's got a Calder. He's got a uh, Conn Smythe. He's got everything you need to accomplish personally, NHL-wise. As soon as he retires and as soon as he's eligible, he's in the Hall of Fame. That's yeah. it. There's no doubt about it. The last mountain for him to climb, to me, is passing Stan Makita, which he can do, which is something that I think the three of us seven, eight years ago said, no way will anyone ever break Stan Makita's scoring record on the Blackhawks. There's no way because of the way the game has changed and it's become more, you know, clamped down. The fact that he passed Bobby Hull is remarkable. Um, so to me, if I'm Patrick Kane, if the Hawks will have me, I would like to stick around and try to break Stan Makita's record. I think that would be the ultimate career accomplishment for a guy who's already achieved every team thing he can achieve. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anyone saying like, well... If he had a fourth cup, then I'd consider him. Right. You know, no, that's he's he's got three. He's got, like you said, the 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 resume of a surefire Hall of Famer. Um, his number will be retired, and and yeah, I, I. If the motivation is is being number one in the record books for, uh, for points, potentially games played. I don't know how many he's behind of of, of that, but, you know, I it's it's attainable if he wants to do it i think he he would be able to do it he's got to stay healthy he has a, a style and the ability to stay healthy but he's also played the last what two two and a half seasons with a quote unquote nagging injury mm -hmm. that 
for whatever reason, I, I, I don't know what it is, but for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like having surgery on it would make a difference for him. Maybe it would. I don't know. Um, but I mean, those are all, those are all factors to consider. And, um, I think it's a, it's a roll of the dice to try and sell him on, on, Hey, Connor Bedard could be here. And he, and there's a chance the Blackhawks end up with the fourth overall pick. And, and, and then what, then does Kane, then does Kane say, uh, well, we didn't get something worked out and now I'm a free agent. Like, yeah, that would be a tough pill to swallow. You've got to know what he's thinking before. You know the season yeah, ends before but trying to do that. Yeah. For the record, he's 289 games behind Stan Makita. Makita 1396. That's most all time. Kane 1107. Between those two is Duncan Keith with 1192 and Brent Seabrook with 1114. Well, he'll so, he, so he could he could easily pass those two guys because they're not playing anymore. Exactly. I think if Kane had never if say the Hawks made those three Stanley Cup Finals and they lost all three of them, then I could totally see Kane going, "Hey, get me to a contender." Absolutely. But he's got yeah. that. And he's got those cups, and I think I think knowing him, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying we're buddies and we hang out, and he calls me all the time, but just knowing him from being <laughs> around him for so many years, I think figure. being the, I think being the Blackhawks all-time franchise leader in every category possible is important to him, more important to him than winning a Stanley Cup with you know, the the Colorado Avalanche or the New York Rangers, and just being kind of like an also ran on that team. You know, yeah, like right. not his role. legacy set in stone, no matter what he does from here on out. So you know, do what do what's comfortable and what he wants to do, and we'll see what happens. It's definitely something to monitor for the next, who knows how long. All right, let's get into this. Let's take a look at the 2022-23 roster, and I, the conversation is who matters on this roster. And I think there's <laughs> there's two categories we need to look at here. There's the this guy matters because of a potential trade. And this guy matters because he could be a future a future piece of this team when they get back to competitiveness, playoff time, whatever. And to me, one of those lists will be much longer than the other. Yeah. So I think let's let's start with the trade list, right? And the obvious names: Kane, Taves, uh, Athanasiu, and Domi were brought in here basically to be traded. Athanasiu and Domi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They one year, three million dollar deals. Like, hey, put up a good sixty games and 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 get us the best best return at the trade deadline. Like, that's that is the the objective that the team is is without saying it setting for them. Right. You, you so, could you could argue that both goaltenders are on that list too. True. Yeah. 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 I mean, it that's might be a little harder potential. for Morazic because he's got an, another year beyond this. But if either of those guys can stay healthy, which is both of their biggest issues, and and prove to be replacement level at the very least, teams always need backup goalies or starting goalies. I mean, everybody's down on Morazic, but you got to remember, the last two seasons, he was the the starter for Carolina Hurricanes and the Toronto Maple Leafs, two teams that had Stanley Cup aspirations, looked at Peter Morazic and said, yeah, we can win a Stanley Cup with this guy. Ultimately, it didn't work out in either place. Mm-hmm. But people are just crapping on Peter Morazic. You know, two Stanley Cup contenders thought that he was good enough for their run the last two seasons. So we, it's not like we're bringing in, you know, I, I can't, you know, we're not bringing in the world's worst goalie here. So there's value there. And if he can prove that he can be, uh, you know, a, a second tier starter, not one of the elites, but a guy that can win you some games, there'll be some value for him on the market. 3.8 million this year and next for Morazic. So that extra year might make him a little bit less valuable on the trade market because teams might just say, hey, our guy's injured. We need someone in the short term. Um, and taking on that 3.8 million is not super palatable for contenders who are going to probably looking to add other pieces if they have cap space at all. But yeah, I think your point is correct where this guy was considered a legit starter in this league and someone who could start for contenders. And it didn't go that way in Toronto and and Carolina, but to to say he might look, the numbers aren't going to be good this year. They're just not, I mean, the wins and losses will be bad. Just like Mark Andre Fleury's save percentage and goals against were bad with the Hawks. You're still going to scouts will be watching him to see how he is actually playing. And I don't think a bounce back season uh, on the eye test, aside from the goals and stats against and everything I don't think that's out of the question for Morazic. So yeah, I think he matters. He matters pretty much a lot too in the season. 
Yeah, I, with with the way the defense looks, um, I don't know. I, again, it seems like Luke Richardson's going to come in with a completely different um, defensive strategy than what we've seen in the last few years with yes, Blackhawks, which he has probably, one. which probably <laughs> will make a difference. I will say that's a good um, start. But as far as who's going to be running that system, it's very similar to uh, to what they finished last season with. So I don't know. We don't know what the improvement uh, will be, if there will be one. But I know from from last season, Kevin Lankinen and, and Mark Andre Fleury, uh, they had a rough go of it. Uh, so I think uh, Mrazek and, and Stalock, they have uh, the work cut out for them. And if either of them look, you know, basically if they if either of them look like a, a quality like this guy this guy is not uh going to be a bum uh this season a player like a player like that like yeah they could have uh flippability at the trade deadline if uh you know if, if a starter goes down or is struggling or whatever it is um seems seems like they could be uh they could be on the block yeah. speaking of the defense i also look at guys like even though they have term I wonder what Connor Murphy and or Jake McCabe, what what the outlook for their seasons might be. Well, I, the hope is that Jake McCabe looks like the guy pre-injury and looks like the guy who the Hawks had at the end of last season. He really yeah. seemed to get things together. And look, he was coming off a very, very severe leg injury um, yeah. last season, joining a new team that was in chaos. You know, there's every excuse for Jake McCabe to take three quarters of a season to figure things out in Chicago. And it seems like towards the end of the year, he did affordable deal for sure. 4 million bucks for next year. And the two following, um, I, I, I'm, I'm frankly sh- sort of shocked that Connor Murphy has not been moved yet. I, it just, it just yeah. feels like a, a trade sweetener. It seems like someone a contender will want, but as you get to the deadline and he is hopefully healthy, you know, 4.4, for the next four years, it'll be three after the season. Uh, that's really appealing for a guy that like that good of a defenseman at age twenty nine to come in and solidify your D. Mm-hmm. Every contender should be taking a look at Counter Murphy. I think the health yeah. the health factor is the biggest thing. Yeah, we Definitely. haven't seen him come back to full health yet, and that's probably turned some teams off. I, but a guy at the deadline when teams are desperate uh, could be a good deal. I mean. It still just screams Toronto Maple Leafs. You it know? really does. That's a guy that they, <laughs> they've been does. looking for. They keep trying to get, bring in a Connor Murphy, yet they don't actually go for the actual Connor Murphy. Um, you know, okay, you can have a, a, a 86-year-old Mark Giordano on a on a discount, and you can keep <laughs> trying to squint and thinking that Jake Muzzin is an elite NHL defender, but uh, the proof is in the pudding up there. It's not working. Anybody else no. in the trade market make any sense? Uh, Ty- Tyler Johnson, it's it's five million after next year. Even if the Hawks mm-hmm. take on part of it, he, I, I will say it. this: I'll say he matters in the fact that if he's healthy for the whole season, he's going to put up some points because, like we've said, someone has to. He's going to have a lot of different roles. Yeah, like, but I mean, like they, you could play, you could play him on the power play, you could play him on the penalty kill, up and down the lineup, center wing. Like he's he's valuable in in having roster flexibility, that's for sure. He's, and but he's yeah, got a great it, reputation. Yeah, yeah, valuable in in the locker room as well. I you know comes from a, a winning culture in in Tampa, and you know last season with with injuries and, and illness and everything, it was tough to get get him going. So yeah, I mean if he can if he can have a, a full off season of you know not, not partying with Tampa and then coming in and, and, and staying healthy. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there's definitely some value to that. I, I I do think the cap hit is a little high for for what he would bring to the table, uh, to a team at the trade deadline. I would imagine because it's this year and next year at five million. If he was moved, I would imagine the Blackhawks are eating part of that. Yeah, which there's, is fine. There, right, there are two guys that yeah, pop up fine. to me that could be some trade guys. Uh, one of them again needs to prove he's healthy. Is Jujar Kara. Mm-hmm. Um. Only one year left. On this is the last year of his deal here. You know, yeah. everybody wants that grit, that fourth line, that jam guy for the playoffs. So he's a guy that I think, if healthy, could not not a huge return, uh, but he's a, a guy that you something. can definitely get a, a a fourth round pick or something for pick. him. Yeah. And then another guy I keep my eyes open is uh, that might get you a little more is Riley Stillman. Um, 
he's young-ish still. Has another year on his deal, but uh, he's Only not what, a one and Kyle Dave. Right? Yeah, he is at uh, what is he at? Yeah, one point three five. Uh, with with and an RFA after that uh, second season, so I just we as we've started to get the gist of it. If you're somebody that is attached to he who shall not be named, Kyle Davison really doesn't have a spot for you. And that was a he who should not be named special. Uh, you know, got him in that trade that you know. If you look at our buyout section on Cap Friendly, and by the way, how refreshing is it to go on Cap Friendly and actually have to scroll almost all the way down to find the Blackhawks? I'm not used to that. I'm so used <laughs> yeah, to them right. being like the first or second team. Right like, on what the is home this? screen. Yeah. Like, yeah, I have to scroll down. This is new. Um, <laughs> but when you look at the buyouts, you got Brett Conley and and Borgstrom there, but and Stillman got resigned. So with all the young defensemen coming up through the Blackhawks system right now, that could be a guy that could be like, hey, I didn't trade for you. I didn't sign you. I got guys coming. Let's see what we can get. So that's a guy I'd keep my eye on, too. On the same note, uh, Caleb Jones, it seems like, will be resigning. That you know, uh, Kyle Davidson pretty much said, like, yeah, now it's just the next order of business to get mm-hmm. these deals done. Um, I wonder who's got more value uh, on the market between Caleb Jones and Riley Stillman, because I think for better or worse, people will give him a little, maybe undue credit for his name. Uh, just like Max Domi got when he was drafted, right? <laughs> he was overdrafted because he was Ty's son. I think everybody kind of agrees with that. Um, and Stillman, you know, was a throw in with the Florida deal. It seemed like at the time, right? Because Borgstrom was the centerpiece of that thing, at least in he who shall not be named's mind. Greatest um, college center of all time. Yes, definitely. And so then Stillman comes along, shows a little bit, had a tougher year last year, but had some injuries. Um, I just don't know if he's established his name as much as maybe Caleb Jones does just because of the recognition and because of the high-profile trade he was part of with Duncan Keith. And who knows? Like I, I'm fine with – look, we're going to get into it. I'm pretty much fine with doing anybody on the roster <laughs> at this point. Yeah, but I wonder who would – if you're looking to trade one of those two – Caleb Jones at 25 or Riley Stillman at 24, who's going to be more appealing to a team looking to upgrade their D or maybe bring in a young piece, you know, for a team that's maybe not ready for a cup yet, but they want to bring in somebody with some experience. Those can be some tempting, some tempting pieces to bring in, but I just don't know if Stillman has established himself enough in the eyes of the league yet. And I don't know if he's going to get it, get the time to do that. I think he's part of that bottom pairing defensive group. That's got basically what eight players I could rotate through it this this season um so which, I, which could be I, all the more motivation to try and move them maybe even before the season starts right true right don't kind let of, don't let him pick, go out there and show you he doesn't have high value get him out of here now right kind of I wonder if they if through training camp if they maybe pick a guy or two and are just like you know what not not going to deal with it this year because they have yeah. so many options to to rotate through that they don't need they don't need an entire rockford blue line to be like oh let's try and get this guy nhl time and this guy nhl it's too messy i think they have to figure out who are like their four or five options and then decipher it from there so i would say if we if if stillman establishes himself i think he probably has the the style of play if he was a if he was a lineup regular i feel like he has the style of play that at the trade deadline a, a team maybe looking to have a bottom pair uh, player come in that can be physical, feisty, uh, give a team an edge. I would think that, that he would be he would have that factor over Caleb Jones. Um, but again, it's it's a very like specific situation. I think talent for talent, I would rather have Caleb Jones. Yeah, I tend to agree. By Probably. the way, Riley Stillman is, is the son of Corey Stillman, so there is uh Name recognition there too, but not quite on the same level. Um, yeah. are, are, I think the preseason could could give us a little uh, idea. If Riley Stillman is in the lineup for four out of the first five preseason games, that tells me, hey, we're showcasing this guy. Look what he can do. Give us a phone yeah. call. Mm-hmm. Or if Caleb Jones is in four of the first five games, it could be the same thing. Or if, or if a guy is getting a ton of playing time in the preseason, that could be more for not trying to get him ready for the year, but more of, hey, 
we've got this guy. Here's my right. number. Give me a yeah. ring. Well, there's also the option of maybe Ian Mitchell or or Alec Regula or somebody is showing up really great in camp and turns the head right. of mm -hmm. Luke Richardson and his staff, and they say, oh, well, this guy's got to make the team now. So let's just let's who's, move out whoever we can. Who's the one guy I really take? Yeah, yeah. The one guy I'm really gonna watch this preseason because I think he could be a dark horse to be on the opening night roster, because based on everything that Luke Richardson has said about the type of defenseman he wants, watch out for Isaac Phillips. I think Luke Richardson is gonna fall in love with Isaac Phillips, and that could be the guy. And I hope so because I have fallen in love with Isaac Phillips. I have a giant <laughs> hockey man crush on this kid. He's, I think he's going to be a really good player. And he's such a good kid. Like just so you see him on the ice, like ready to just pummel somebody and he jumps in the fray and then you talk to him after the ice and you're like, how the hell are you a hockey power? Are you that same guy that turned that dude's face into goo 20 minutes ago? <laughs> and now you're this soft spoken, like nice guy that you would find sitting in a library, reading a book of poetry. It's pretty, uh, I think Isaac Phillips is a, is a guy to watch this preseason. At some point, he's going to be in Chicago to stay, and uh, Blackhawk fans are going to love this kid. Well, that brings yeah. us very cleanly yeah. into the conversation of who matters on this roster for the future of the team. Who are guys that we can envision being Blackhawks for the long term? And again, to me, very, short very short list. One, yeah. one guy right now that's on the current NHL roster. Maybe two two i would say there's well, two. two there's two i would put in one that is exciting and one that you're like well i guess He's here <laughs> yeah yeah i think we're all talking about lucas reichel and seth jones yeah and um, i feel like we're stuck with reichel Ugh, <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> no i'm just kidding I don't, I don't feel stuck with Jones, and that's a different show. I don't we'll either. Do another no, day, but, you know. no it's just you know it's this is a huge we, year for seth jones yeah it's the first, first year, year of that this deal. massive contract. And, he uh, is the cornerstone of this defense going forward, like it or not. I think he can win a lot of people over by playing really well this year. But, I, I mean, there there is going to be a portion of this fan base that are never going to like Seth Jones because they're mouth-breathing meatballs, and that's the bottom line. Um, so, you know, but I think this is a really big year for Seth Jones, and I think he could really justify – the price that was given up to get him and the price that we're paying him now by coming out and being a really good defenseman on a really crappy team. Cause that's yeah. possible that you can do that. Well, it's, you know, people are, they overpaid for him. Like they overpaid him by a million. Let's not let a million dollars yeah, completely no. blind your vision if of he, if what, he what hit Seth the Jones open is. market, he would have gotten that exact same contract. Yes. It's the same thing with the Debrinket trade. Yeah. Well, if it, only they'd gotten a prospect. Okay. But, one middling Ottawa prospect does not mean that Kyle Davidson is an idiot or is not. Like right. that's not the difference between it. Anyway, it that's nicer. It would have been nicer, but it would have been but nicer. Yeah, I, I, As a million yeah, dollars I, less I, for Seth Jones would have been nicer too. I agree. If if Jones goes out there <clears throat> this season and you know he's playing what 27, 28 minutes a night, 30, maybe 35. Score, <laughs> 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 he might have to. Uh maybe scores a few more goals here or there and puts up another 50 55 point season i mean what at this point of his career what else are you expecting him to be are you expecting him to be victor hedman he's not sorry like he's he's not he's not kill mccarr even though he's getting paid like him it's you know what he is at 27 28 years old if he can do what he did last year maybe provide a little bit more of of the goal scoring which he himself admitted was not what he was not up to his his standards then he's doing fine and and no uh, red, blue, green, yellow charts are gonna change change what you see in his production and what he what his role is on this team. Whether you like it or not, he is the top defenseman they have. He's being paid as such, and hopefully in three, four, five years, then we can have an an actual argument of he's too overpaid and he has to be moved because they have more top defenseman candidates that are younger and and have more of a role on the team in the long term than he does that's what we're hoping for so yeah i think we all agree on the roster those are really the two guys that you could see as the whenever the rebuild is over air quotes whenever they decide that is jones and reichel would be coming out the other side of that right mm -hmm. 
you look at your Lafferty's and your Ant Whistles and even your Kachuks and Radishes and those kind of guys, like they're all very replaceable. They're all kind of yeah. very dime a dozen. I think there's there's a shot that Taylor Radish shows up and becomes a, a permanent top six guy and puts up some decent numbers this year. Philip Kurashev, nice young player, but we haven't really seen much that's indicating there's a lot more coming from him. If he could be consistent, I think that would that would make me feel a lot better about him having some sort of role uh, in in the he's only twenty two future. Yeah, he's he's young. He's shown spurts, mm-hmm. um, but I think if he's able to, if he was able to, you know, piece it together more consistently, I think you you could look at it four or five years down the road. He's like a solidified third liner. That'd be that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. you could live with that. I- I think the problem with him is, you know, we talk about the consistency, but it's hard to be consistent when you're on the top six one game, next game you're on the fourth line, next game you're watching from the press box, and you're on the third line. Mm-hmm. So, right, granted, right. his play dictates where he's sure. going to be, but you got to put him in a spot and let him have some time there. And I think this season you got nothing but time to figure out where Philip Kurashev right. belongs on this team going forward. So that's, that's a guy – an important guy to watch this year. That's a storyline we need to follow is what we get out of him and do we figure out exactly where he is. No pun intended. He's kind of like a Swiss army knife of a player. Uh... But now you got to figure out what that role is. He's from Switzerland, kids, just in case you didn't get that. Um, (laughs) But, like, you got to figure out what it is exactly. You know, what is it exactly you do here? That is what we got to figure out from him. And this is the perfect time to do that because there's no pressure to win so he's an important player this year just to figure out who he is. And he's maybe a, he isn't a guy that's going to be here. Chances are he probably won't be, but this is your time to find out. He's going to have to to prove it. He's, you know, he's I'm assuming going to get a one-year deal. He'll be RFA again. Like it'll it'll need to be yeah. uh you know, he'll need to kind of figure out what what his place is with with the organization either it's it's just going to be this year or if it's uh if it's going to be longer than that. And and the fact that that Davidson is is pretty much bringing him back that, that we we know that that says a lot there because this is a guy that again if you're associated with that previous regime he's really he's got an itchy trigger finger there <laughs> yeah so no the fact that no there problem. is a guy that was part of that brought in from that regime but he sees something there maybe it's more of just like I gotta have somebody here so you're the guy. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's the fact that, like, hey, I kind of like what you bring. Let's let's figure this out. Yeah, so, let's see what happens with a real coaching staff. Right, and, and, a, and a consistent – and a guy that's going to be here for at least four years. Uh, maybe you guys can build that relationship. Maybe it's the, hey, I believe Luke Richardson can bring out the best in him and make him an NHL player. Um, so – Big year for for Philip Kershaw, and I hope he succeeds. I'm a big fan. I like him. I, I think well, he's got a place somewhere. You bring up the coaching staff – when Derek King and Kurashev were together in Rockford, King was a huge advocate for Kurashev, saying like, when he puts it together, he's going to be a a real NHL player, uh, a real pro. And so he's you know he's already got someone on the coaching staff in his corner to kind of hopefully help him along and and, and reach that potential. Um, so it'll be yeah it'll be interesting to see uh, where where he develops. Yeah, that, the consistency is the biggest thing for him. That's for sure. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of watch him play. I'm like. Is he like a Krivo Krasov? Is he, is he um, Michael Froelich? Like, what's the what's the player I think type a, here? I think yeah. a Froelich is a very nice comp there. I think, and if you can get a Michael Froelich out of him, that's that's what you want on a winning team. Michael Froelich on a team of not a lot of talent doesn't do you a whole lot of good, but Michael Froelich on a deep team is a very good player. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, as we look at the uh, Rockford players, uh, forwards, Evan Barrett, uh, Yakapur, Josiah Slavin, Michael Tepley on defense, Mitchell. Um, I, Del Mastro can't go, right? Um, no. Nolan no. can't go up yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Same for Colton Doc. Uh, Philip Roos is a name to keep an eye on. Looked good in uh, development camp. Uh, he came over from Europe. He's a little mm-hmm. bit older, a little more experienced. He, I think he's got a shot at making the team. He's 23. But for me, as I look at it, even on this list of the guys in Rockford that might come out the other side of this, I really think Mitchell's the only one. And and Soderbloom, of course, and the goalies. But mm-hmm. um, I, I really – like Ian Mitchell to me is the only one who feels like this guy could be on the NHL team 
when this team's ready to contend again. Now, again, I'm not including Del Mastro or Nolan Allen or any of the draft picks from this year because they're not pros yet, but yeah. looking at Rockford and Chicago only. Oh, you still yeah, got Magula I... and Phillips. Bodine is a guy that needs to do something this year. Um, yeah, but there's not a lot there that makes you go, ooh, we're on the right track. Yeah, I would agree that Ian Mitchell is is one of those players that if if he were to uh, solidify himself at the NHL level this season, uh, he's got a real good chance of sticking around for an, another couple of years because I think his his ceiling it has changed, uh, but I, I still think his ceiling is is being a, a quality top four defenseman, which is which is great. The Blackhawks they need that out of their young players. Um, in my in 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 my projected roster post i had both alex vlasic and alec regula uh in in the top six uh i think both of them again their ceilings seem to be decent top four defensive options Mm -hmm. i think if they reach that ceiling all the better i i think both of those guys at the end of last season uh had their moments and and especially vlasic the way he kind of developed the way he developed in those final uh what 14 15 games whatever he ended up playing the way he developed just in that in that short span of time was was encouraging, and then just seeing his dominance at prospect camp, which you would have hoped to have seen, yeah. but to see him actually do it and not, you know, he didn't look like oh he's part of the prospect group. It was like no, this guy's this guy's a pro. He should be playing, like <laughs> he should probably shouldn't even need to be here. Yeah, we missed. I think Vlasic he's got a chance on, to be around. We missed him on the NHL discussion just a few minutes ago. Yeah. I, I don't know if. It, do you ever envision him going back to Rockford? I just I, I know it's hard to glean too much from fifteen I mean, games at the end of the year, but I would rather have him there playing you know, the Ian Mitchell role from last season than playing once every three games and not yeah. doing anything at the NHL level. That's, I, I just um, feel that's, like though if I feel like he's he's definitely a top six on this team right now. Maybe if you but if you ask me like who who are the six best defensemen in the or who are like list your defensemen in the organization like and who who would be your top six? Vlasic's in that top six for me. I agree. But this new regime is 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 preaching patience and development. So maybe it's a thing where he starts in Rockford and you give Ian Mitchell that shot to begin the year because you're going to reward him for being the good soldier and and doing the work in Rockford last year. And now it's yeah. Alex Vlasic's turn to do the same thing. Um, yeah, yeah, you know we were all ready to have we were all ready to have Ian Mitchell in the lineup last year. And that didn't happen. And they mm-hmm. said, you're going to play in Rockford this year, and you're going to be the guy in Rockford. They might do that same route with Blastic, saying, hey, we gave you the taste last year. Now you know what to do to get back here. Let's see you do it in Rockford. So you're looking at the NHL defense. Jones, Murphy, McCabe, Stillman, Vlasic, Caleb Jones. Um, that's five. Or that's six. Sorry. Um, who, your, your point is correct, Greg. I don't think that unless they're both playing – Mitchell and Vlasic, you can't have them both up, right? right? They've got they're either they're both in the lineup every night, or one of them is in Rockford, taking on the big minutes. You can't do both. There's yeah. no reason, or they're for, both in Rockford. Yeah, there's no reason for any of uh, Vlasic, Regula, Mitchell, Phillips. There's no reason for any of them to be the seventh or eighth NHL defenseman on on the roster. Absolutely no, no it's reason. If they're not if they're not in the lineup, they're in Rockford. Yeah. If you if you have to if you yeah. do the thing where you oh you sit them for a game, let them have a reset, watch the game from a different perspective, fine. But then they go back in the lineup or they go to Rockford. There's no reason for any of them to sit and and eat hot dogs for half the season. Right. Uh, in the this press is, box, Phil Kessel's job. This is a long term. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is a long. That's our job to sit in the press box and eat hot dogs. Um, it's if this is a long term process, then they should be playing in Rockford and getting that that that. So I would, I would, but then who knows? Training camp could happen, and Alec Vlasic could make you go. Well, there's no way he should be in Rockford. This is your NA. This is your starting guy. He's put him yeah. up with Seth Jones on opening night. It's up to him to make that to make that decision difficult for the Blackhawks coaching staff. Uh, and we mentioned one guy just real briefly about Rockford that I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does is Michael Tepley. That is a kid that like was looking like just a waste of a, a draft pick. Um, and then all of a sudden, right around Christmas last year, he got put on a line with Conley and Reichel, and he exploded. And he became that 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 high-scoring winger that we saw in juniors that got him drafted in the first place. 
And I had an interesting conversation with him after a game where he had, I think he had two goals and, and, and he had the game-winning goal in a shootout. We talked to him in media afterwards. And he had said that, like, it took me a season and a half to figure out that the better I play without the puck will lead me to being more chances with the puck. Like it clicked for him that I need to be a complete player and not just stand on the, in the on the on the ice with my stick on the ice, hoping the puck gets me. Um, and that's a kid that I think I'm not ready to anoint him, you know, a future NHL All Star. But I think I want to see him take that next step in Rockford to where you go from okay, he had a really good second half of the year. But I want to see him build on that to go, okay, now this is a legit prospect. Yeah, it's a kid we can't keep down anymore. And he's and he's one of those players that the the loss of games and the loss of experience due to the, the, the pandemic really made it made a difference because he had yeah. a he, he was I think he was drafted out of Europe um, and then came and then came over uh, to play in the WHL, played there for a season. I think he I I don't I not 100% certain, but he was, like, either, like, rookie of the year or, like, all-rookie team or something like that. Like, he had a really good season. And then, um, yeah, and then just the, the you know, the, the loss of the games, the stopped seasons, that really uh, kind of curbed his development. But, uh, like Greg said, like, yeah, second half of last year, things clicked, and I would really like to see him do it consistently for a full year in Rockford and then and then see what we have. Especially without Lucas Reichel there. That would show me that that that's, he's just not riding the coattails of Lucas Reichel, that he's a legit c- contributor. Yeah, there's just not, as we sort of wrap up the topic here, not a ton to keep an eye on, but there there are players that matter, and there are players that could be Hawks on the other side of this. And, and just a reminder, none of the draft picks from this year or last are even in the conversation because they're not ready yet. They're not even going to be Rockford, Rockford ready, so – just because we're not talking about Nolan Allen and Kevin Korchinski and Frank Nazar doesn't mean they don't matter. We're just talking about professionally this year who are guys yeah. that could play in this, Chicago. Yeah. The, the only guy that I could see playing from this year's draft class in Rockford is possibly Aiden Thompson because he's 20. Yeah. So that could be a yeah. guy that could could be a Rockford guy. Otherwise, it's back to college, back to the USHL, back to Europe, wherever they're from, which is fine. Yeah, This That's is long term. Yeah. Yep. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Absolutely. And and I did want to say, look, you know, we're all assuming Reichel will be in the NHL next season pretty much for the for the full go. I, I, I would imagine that would be the case. And I know we we are preaching like patience and development and all this stuff. I think we touched touched on it on, on, a, on a few podcasts. I also touched on it in, in, in the article posted today on allchgo.com. Reichel looks ready to go and also seems like at this point playing him more in Rockford I don't feel like there's much more for him to learn or develop at that point I think we're at the point in his career in his development where it's like okay let's see what you got at at, at, at the NHL level and uh and go from there it's a lot of expectation to put on him but I think I think he's got to be ready for it at this point yep go go be go be Patrick King center that's not yeah. that's not a bad gig to have no nope. yeah that'll that's, work that's not that's not too bad <laughs> that takes a little uh, pressure off of you a little bit, a little bit. Also, uh, taking the pressure off of you in your in your workouts and in your uh, journey to to get uh, get yourself in, into shape or stay in shape is Owen O W Y N. What is Owen? You may ask. It is a 100% natural plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works just as hard as you do. Owen, spelled O W Y N, stands for only what you need. Is free of artificial ingredients, doesn't have any gluten or dairy. It is allergen friendly and easily digestible. You might have heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields. He follows a plant-based diet. Right now, Owen and and CHGO are partnering up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off of your first purchase at liveowen.com when you use the promo code CHGO20. That's 20% off at liveowen.com for your first purchase when you use the code CHGO20. If you're looking to get into shape, get yourself some Owen, just like Justin Fields. Try it. Only what you need, O-W-Y-N, Owen. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. We hope everybody has a great weekend. We've got a big week of shows coming up next week. Evan Moore is with us Monday. That's still the plan, correct? Confirmed. Confirmed. So. Awesome. He'll be in studio Monday. That'll be great. Make sure you go to our CHGO Blackhawks Twitter account and vote on our logo concepts. Um, we all spent <laughs> approximately 15 seconds coming up with a design, and uh, it would really mean a lot for you to vote on those. 
Um, once again, for the second poll in a row, I am I am currently winning for my oh, my go. Black Hawk Angry Bird no, that got nobody hit by likes a my uh, flock of seagulls design. <laughs> my wife said, seagull. "Why did Greg draw boobs?" Like, he's trying I'm, to win the contest. Well, you know, because that's what's on my mind ninety nine percent of the time. There you go. I thought, yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought that we we had the butt hawks going on there. <laughs> well, they're going to be for the next few years, so it's it kind of. <laughs> there you go. See, yeah, there it is. All right, thanks everybody for listening this week. Uh, make sure you download that points bet app. Use the code CHGO when you do for your two risk free bets up to two thousand dollars. For Mario and Greg, I'm Jay. We'll talk to you Monday on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.